0: Alright gang, we found out who was trying to stop the podcast.
1: Like, who was it man?
0: It was none other than... Ah, 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 Grayson?
1: Grayson. And I would have gotten away with it too if it weren't for you meddling podcasters. scotty dotty doo
0: (laughs) We have to go back! Alright, so I'm recording now.
1: Cool, I've been recording for almost four minutes. Oh, good. Should I put a marker when we like start or something? I
0: I, I always find it eventually. It just usually starts with me saying, Hello everyone and welcome back to the Flashback Flix Retro Movie Podcast. I'm Ricky and today we have a very special guest, Scott! What? Did we start? We did! did That was really (laughs) clever. You
1: you tricked me, sir. You tricked me. (laughs) Just get into it.
0: (laughs) Yes, uh, so Scott is on the podcast uh, because we always love having Scott on the podcast. But today, we're reviewing uh, a movie where we are both mutually enamored with uh, the dog known or pup named... Is what I want to say. (laughs) Scooby-Doo.
1: Scooby-Doo.
0: Yeah, we are reviewing the first live-action 2002 Scooby-Doo movie uh, Mm. because it is October. And to borrow the title from the Scooby-Doo movie, or the tagline from the Scooby-Doo movie, Be Afraid, Be Kind of Afraid.
1: (laughs) Is that really it? I didn't know that.
0: That's it. That's on the poster. It says that. Oh,
1: that's brilliant. I love it.
0: (laughs) <laughs> and So, uh, so yes, this, this is going to kick off our month of spooky movies, mm-hmm. uh, and I'm so glad that we have Scott here to talk about Scooby-Doo.
1: Yes. You guys don't... you? Some of you might know this, but if you don't know, I'm a huge Scooby-Doo fan. In fact, over the course... Over the past few weeks, I've been almost exclusively tweeting about Scooby-Doo, and I know we're, like, at this point, what, three days into October, but I really wanted to do a thing where I watched... Some Scooby Doo thing every day. In fact, I wanted. I tweeted that I wanted to watch Scooby Doo Two: Monsters Unleashed every single day for 31 <laughs> days straight, just to see what would happen. Uh, and I haven't done that yet. But uh, we'll. I mean, I'm sure we'll get into thoughts on the sequel.
0: Oh, absolutely. At some point. Yes. So um, before we get into uh, our official review, guys, I need to take you back. We need to take you back to a time known as. The '90s, a time where Scooby-Doo uh, was playing in syndication on Cartoon Network every day. Yes, every day, and so that was mm-hmm. my first introduction to Scooby-Doo. Uh, I remember on Halloween, I wasn't allowed to go trick or treating because people in the '90s were putting razor blades and apples, apparently. Mm-hmm. And yeah. so I could you know, say <laughs> fun things like that. So my parents wouldn't let us go out trick or treating, but we could stay home, watch mm-hmm. Scooby Doo, and hand out candy to the neighbor kids. Uh, so <laughs> that we... <laughs> seems
1: very cruel to me that you get to hand out candy to people who were allowed to go trick or treating.
0: I mean, but we but we got our own candy and we watched Scooby Doo. Okay. So I thought All the right. other kids were missing.
1: Yeah, out. <laughs> you know what? Who's who's worse off in of that scenario? I I suppose it is them.
0: <laughs> uh. And so uh, the '90s was a huge time for Scooby Doo, uh, not only a popularity, but into the resurgence of just basically re-making a lot of money off of a show that hasn't had a new episode in several years.
1: I I learned recently, in just doing random other research, that. The show that premiered the last Scooby-Doo show that premiered right before What's New Scooby-Doo, which aired in the early 2000s, was a pup named Scooby-Doo from the early 90s, and that seems like a really long time to not have a Scooby-Doo show on in, yeah. in, in regular new episodes. That's not, crazy to me.
0: Not only that, but a pup named Scooby-Doo was the most popular mm-hmm. Scooby-Doo franchise. It lasted the longest. Pretty much every iteration of Scooby-Doo lasted for maybe a season, maybe two. Pup named Scooby-Doo lasted for 4 seasons. And so like during this time, um another Scooby-Doo movie was released, not in theaters, but direct to video, uh the 1997 Scooby-Doo on Zombie Island. <laughs> and so, um uh, that movie was released and it was a bit of a departure from Scooby-Doo because the sure whole, ta- the whole thing was like this time the monsters are real. Yeah. Uh, Cause I was, a, my parents, I, I said, I was, I had no currency as a child. My parents <laughs> were a uh, active buyer of like Scooby-Doo VHSs, So I watched mm. a ton of Scooby-Doo videos. And so on one of the videos, they had a trailer for Scooby-Doo zombie island. I'm just like, Oh, this is amazing. And so, it actually hit on a ton of beats that this movie picked up on. It's just like, Hey, the gang has been disbanded and they Mm kind of reunite to solve another mystery, that sort of thing. Um, But that did like really, really well. And so um, that kind of helped get the wheels going to like really push forward a live action Scooby-Doo movie, even though Mm -hmm. it's been in production since like 94 or like it's kind of been in development since 94. So um, they decided to get the uh, director of Guardians of the Galaxy, the future director of Guardians of the Galaxy, Uh, they weren't like, you know what? I feel like you're going to direct the property that no one's really familiar with right now. Uh, Featuring a
1: talking animal. Yeah. (laughs) I'm
0: finally getting into his wheelhouse. I get it now. He certainly has a type. Uh, Um, So James Gunn uh, ended up writing the script for the live-action Scooby-Doo movie, and originally the film was supposed to be a little bit darker and more poking fun at the original series, kind of like the Brady Bunch movie or Josie and the Pussycats, the movie that kind of was like a parody on not only the characters, but also like pop culture music at the right. time. But after um Josie and the Pussycats kind of flopped they retooled the movie to be a pg movie and it was originally supposed to be a pg-13 movie mm-hmm. um so that's where a lot of the adult humor that you see in the movie kind of gets like still like weaved yeah. through and not only that but all the actors signed on to the movie when it was supposed to be a pg-13 uh, oh, fascinating more adult film before it got retooled to be like more Kitty like so we'll leave a link to this uh post that we're about to mention in the show notes but uh 2017 marks the 15 year anniversary uh since the scooby-doo the movie first opened and he talks about his memories of working on the set um how sad he was that people really didn't like the film uh he read every single review uh but it's really cool post just to see his uh retrospective of the movie awesome Uh,
1: Yeah, I'm glad that he's, like, at least has some attachment to it still, and it wasn't just, like, a movie he threw out and forgot about, you know?
0: Yeah, I mean, he—and they ended up doing a sequel, too, and Mm -hmm. he—I mean, because he really is a fan of Scooby-Doo. Like, he loved the idea of it, and one of the things that he says in his uh, post is that he says, I was offered every movie you can imagine after Scooby-Doo, like uh, the Jabberjaw movie, which I— Want to see the Jetsons movie and the Captain Caveman movie. I was offered tons of money to do all these things. So, of course, me being me, I chose to write Dawn of the Dead. (laughs) So figure out my brain.
1: (laughs) Oh, imagine if we got any of those movies. I Uh, would love I would love a Jetsons movie for sure.
0: Yeah, I think they're working on like a Jetsons series right now. Ooh i like that so the movie uh was released uh they had an 84 million dollar budget and total box office made 275 million dollars it was really successful so yeah. much so that it got a sequel
1: called mm.
0: Scooby-Doo, scooby-doo two to monsters
1: unleashed <laughs> sorry i couldn't i can't not finish it i I'm stealing your thunder.
0: <laughs> no, you're great. And uh, and that movie uh, also did like pretty well. Uh, but mm-hmm. both movies weren't really received too well uh, yeah. by the fans. Um, and we are going to get to that very soon. But before we do, I just yeah. want to give you guys a couple of fun facts. Um, so, fun fact, just about Scooby-Doo as a whole. Um, mm-hmm. Old Man Jenkins has always been the term for like the everyman in Scooby-Doo. But there's please
1: don't crush my heart with this.
0: I'm so sorry, Scott. Oh no. There's only one suspicious man named Mr. Jenkins in one episode of the original series, Mm -hmm. and he was ultimately innocent. Oh no. But the one old man Smithers.
1: That's that makes sense.
0: That is the that is Mm -hmm. the one. The uh, one of the biggest things that Scooby Doo the movie did was bring uh, Sarah Michelle Gellar and Freddie Prince Jr. together because okay. this is where they first met, Aww. and they ended up getting married.
1: Are they still together? Yeah. Oh wow, that's awesome.
0: Yeah. Listen, I mean, you don't you don't work on a Scooby Doo movie and not be bonded for life.
1: Dude, you know what? You're absolutely <laughs> right. I one of my favorite things to come out of uh, out of the movies is the fact that uh, Matthew Lillard is still doing Shaggy's voice in animated shows today, which is awesome. I would love that if I if, if like uh, I don't know. I just I just want to work on a Scooby Doo thing in some capacity, but I don't know the just the fact that they pulled him in and he's still doing it and, and willing and able to do it is is.
0: Super cool. Uh, So, let's go ahead and get into um, our reactions to this movie. So, uh, Scott, when was the first time that you remember watching the Scooby-Doo movie?
1: This is one of the very few movies that I saw in theaters as a kid. So, I saw it when it came out, and I... it was the very first time I realized that n- the trailers sometimes show things that aren't in the movies. <laughs> yeah. Because there are just like, d- there are certain little lines here and there that, like, I watch the trailer constantly. Um, and there are certain little lines, and I can't remember them now. But as I was watching the movie, I was like, oh, this is the part where Daphne's going to say the line that she says in the trailer. And it never came up. And I was like, was that. Well, that's weird. They- <laughs> Why would they do that? Is there another version of this movie that I have to see somewhere? Um, but I remember really enjoying it. I just maybe I'm just thinking back and like putting my own, projecting my own modern day thoughts into it. But I really didn't. I I'm just I'm not a big fan of when Scooby fights real monsters. I'm mm. not a, I'm not particularly. I'm that's not my favorite thing. My favorite I love Scooby Doo because there's like this very um, there's this message of critical thinking and rational thought where it's almost like every paranormal event always has some kind of logical explanation, even though it's like, you know, some, as, as we see in this movie, like the very opening scene of this movie uh, with the lunar ghost, uh, even though it's some crazy scientific thing that would never exist, that would never work in real life, you can still see that it's, oh yeah, he was floating because he had like this, these helium pouches that allowed him to levitate. He's not a real ghost. And then they turn the tables on you and they say, not only are monsters real, but uh, (laughs) lively animatronic human bodies that can be controlled by small dogs are also real. They put a lot on you, a lot for you to to suspend your disbelief all in one movie. And, uh, I mean, I liked it. I just, looking back, I liked the second movie more. Uh, and I think we can get into this later, I suppose. But like, I think the, the perfect Scooby-Doo movie lies in between the two uh, of them. I think there, you pull elements from both. You make the best movie you can. But, oh yeah. Um, yeah.
0: Yeah. I first saw the movie. I remember exactly where I was. Uh, my, my family went to, a uh, uh, words. Uh, my family took a family trip to Los Angeles and, mm-hmm. I think it was, like, the first time that we were ever in L.A., and we got to see a movie at a L.A. movie theater, and Scooby-Doo was playing, and I watched Heck that yeah. movie, and I was in such pure joy and elation. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was 2002, so I'm going to guess I was, like, a preteen, um, and following the movie, the entire rest of the trip, I was talking in a Scooby and Shaggy voice. The entire Incredible. rest of the trip. Parents hated it. Like, my dad said, son, you have to stop.
1: That was exactly my scenario, except my dad was the one who thought it was okay (laughs) to do the Scooby voice. Because he he does a pretty good Scooby impression, but now that we all saw the movie as a family, that's all he did (laughs) was the the Scooby voice. And uh, it was fun. I enjoyed it. Probably others didn't.
0: (laughs) That's amazing. Scooby-Doo um next to garfield was like my earliest fandoms like i was yes. like i had i had a scooby-doo calendar every single year of mm-hmm. my life ever since like that was like a, a new year's tradition to like buy a new calendar i remember writing like pivotal memories like my first kiss on the back of a scooby-doo little ca- oh, tearaway it's calendar so
1: adorable! And
0: i'd fold it up and put it in my pokemon little secret box because oh. it just screams '90s. If uh, so, I
1: just, I, I just love the idea that because I have no reference of you as a child, I'm
0: imagining this was you last year doing it. <laughs> <laughs> it's uh, it's very possible, and uh, and I just love Scooby Doo. So when the movie came out, I think it was more targeted towards just the already rabid fan base of Scooby-Doo which is something that I think not a lot of movies rely on so it's almost as yeah. if because they, they don't start out with just like all right let's introduce yourself to the gang they're just like okay great so this takes place like at the end of like the last Scooby-Doo episode that you just watch on TV yes. basically and then they kind of pick up the story from there uh, because and they that's... don't introduce like almost anything
1: no 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 they they So the opening scene, which I think is the best part of this entire movie, um, I they try to use that scene to introduce everyone's role. Uh, The problem is, they there's not a whole lot of information given about some people. Like we get the idea that Velma is like the kind of smart one who, who. does everything. We get the idea that Fred just is like a showboat who wants to take credit. But then you get Daphne and like what's her they don't really give her much other than she's gets captured sometimes. That's that's her thing. And that's almost like they try to even poke fun at that by having her by having her and later in the movie be like, well now I'm not the damsel in distress sort of thing. But like, I don't know, you say it's it's kind of aimed at the older fan base, but I, I think I don't know who this movie is aimed at because Mm. then you get scenes where Shaggy and Scooby are having a fart contest and that, that's (laughs) something that has never happened in the cartoons. Yeah. Not once. (laughs) They've, they've never, they eat a lot. That's true. But we never, there's never been like a a fart contest in the cartoons. So that to me is like aimed towards kids. So like they couldn't fully decide on which, which area, which fan base, or or if they wanted to go for the fan base, or just people who you know kids who might think Scooby is fun and silly or whatever. Oh yeah, yeah.
0: a lot of anime movies, especially nowadays, you'll see will. I, I guess Shrek is like the easiest example. Like it's getting both audiences. It's like yes, uh, it's basically an a, an animated adult movie, but like that's not rated R, but like mm-hmm. and but that kids can also find entertaining and funny. But like I think. That's a good point. Like Scooby Doo does kind of like hit this like weird, like you can tell that it really wanted to be a PG thirteen movie you, because
1: there are so many things that I didn't catch when I was a kid that I caught through this thing. the The number one opening thing was um, how they kept really trying to suggest that Shaggy was absolutely a stoner. Yep. Uh, and I didn't catch that at all as a kid. No. But they just, they they very blatantly play the song when they, like, cut to him and uh, Scooby and Shaggy in the van and they're just like, talk, you know, there's smoke coming out of the van and, uh, oh, my God. And then he meets Mary Jane and he's like, that's my favorite name. <laughs> like, <laughs> they... I, it's, again, that's, like, them trying to get different audience members and everything. And then, of course, there's Fred being very sexual and, like, trying to look at, you know, uh, Daphne naked or whatever when he's in her body. It's just, yeah, I don't know. It's yeah. not the Scooby-Doo I remember,
0: but... Do you, do you remember the episode of Johnny Bravo where they had a Scooby-Doo crossover? No. So there's an episode of Johnny Bravo on Cartoon Network... Um, adjusting nerd glasses, um, where (laughs) Johnny Bravo, uh, he ran into Scooby-Doo and the Gang. And it was, like, the first time that we had seen Scooby-Doo and the Gang in, like, something new. Like, this is, like, even before Zombie Island or anything. And it was amazing. So I think that that episode was the first time that I realized, like, people were, like, making, like, kind of, like, adult suggestive connections. Just, like... Um, there's this point in time where Fred and the gang are like trying to split people up. And so Daphne is like, all right, guys. Um, so Velma, it's like, so Fred and Velma will, uh, and Fred's like, Daphne. And then he kind of just like, like, mm-hmm. like, like nods his head. And she's like, I mean, me and Fred will go over here and mm-hmm. you guys go do something else. As if like, mm-hmm. they're like hinting at a relationship, even yeah. though nowhere in the TV show did it. It was even it wasn't even hinted yeah, that they were even like remotely interested in each other. And so I think it's like this uh, somewhat like adult perspective looking back at like, oh, wait, I've never realized this. They always kind of go off together. Mm-hmm. I'm going to fill in the blanks.
1: Yeah, it d- it does feel like the the fandom in and of itself kind of helps steer the ship in the movies and even in what's new Scooby Doo because th- there's a bigger focus on Fred and Daphne's relationship even till even today that's a big part of the show is the two of them. Um, but what's also interesting is the movie. Like well, you could argue Pup Named Scooby Doo, but th- this was the first time they showed Fred as like a complete moron, like. <laughs> He used to just be like the everyman, generic leader kind of dude who is kind of there, you know, just to just to kind of lead the team. And they made him an absolute idiot. And uh, then later iterations of cartoons also followed up on that. But what I really love about the cartoons nowadays is they don't just make him an idiot. They make they they've evolved every character to have their own. Uh, You know, to kind of evolve a little bit, have their own thing. Fred is now, like, almost sexually attracted to traps and nets. And, (laughs) like, I remember, I think it was in the cartoon uh, (laughs) Scooby-Doo. I'm not exaggerating a little bit for anyone who's listening. There's a cartoon. um, You can find this all over the place. But my favorite example is in, uh, I think it's Mystery Incorporated, that show, where... Uh, they go into because it takes place in their town of Coolsville. So you get to see his house and you get to see where he grows up and there's like traps everywhere in his own house and like Daphne finds uh, like a magazine that's like traps monthly and it's like so it's like was <laughs> under his mattress and it's like. <laughs> That's my favorite evolution of Fred, is that he's not just a moron. He's just obsessed with the perfect traps and the perfect nets. Oh, and goodness. I think, and I think that would have been fun to see uh, in, <laughs> in these movies, for sure.
0: Well, I, that's, it's interesting that you bring that up, because in later iterations of Scooby-Doo, the animated series, like from the, its initial run, they just got rid of uh, Velma and Fred, because they just thought that they were boring characters, it was um, Daphne and Fred. Yeah, no, it was Velma and Fred. Velma and Fred. So, like from I want to say the new adventures of Scooby Doo. Okay. they had, um, and this is like in the eighties before Pupman and Scooby Doo. Right, 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 right. They had it was Velma, Shaggy, Scooby, Scrappy. Yes, uh, I, and I, sorry, not Velma, but Daphne. So it was Daphne, oh, okay. Scooby, Scrappy, and uh, Shaggy. And
1: so I remembered that wrong. I thought it was Velma and not Daphne. That's weird that it would be Daphne.
0: Yeah, well, because basically, like as far as like a grounding character, like they just decided mm-hmm. to have it be Daphne. Uh, mm-hmm. who's just like, but wait, guys, maybe we should do this. while <laughs> the two zany characters just like go yeah. off and do their own thing. Um so when I saw this movie, I, I and actually re-watching it and also knowing that it was supposed to be more parody. Uh, I enjoyed it like every single time I've watched this movie I've never been like oh this is a terrible movie I've just always Mm. loved it Um, the only thing I hated was how and I get that people don't like Scrappy I get it Mm. I didn't hate Scrappy. Yeah. Because I was a kid. I was a 90s kid. I was just like, oh, cool. I think it's endearing that Scrappy thinks that his Uncle Scooby is the bravest person and he keeps on Mm -hmm. talking smack. I thought that was adorable. Mm -hmm. But the way that they made Scrappy such a garbage human Mm -hmm. was just so terrible. I felt bad for Scrappy. I just, I felt bad for him. Like, I thought it was a nice nod that they had him in the flashback. But then when he came back to be the villain, I'm like... Where is this coming from? Yeah, I was just thinking the whole time, like Scrappy doesn't hate Scooby, like he thinks the world of his uncle Scooby. Like why? This isn't Scrappy.
1: So this this is part of the thing that I that I think the movies almost the the first movie and the second movie almost play in reverse, where I think they should have saved Scrappy for the sequel. Let us get to know the main Mystery Inc. gang first. Say Similar to them splitting up. I think that would have been better in a yeah. sequel as well. But we get to know them. We get to see them. And, like, I like the idea. And, again, like, the sequel, Monsters Unleashed, I'm going off on a small tangent, but the the whole idea of that movie is there. these original old-school Scooby-Doo villains were brought to life. And what better idea for the first movie than to give fans the thing like to show all of these classic Scooby-Doo villains come to life finally and then um you know have the second movie they split up and it turned and then Scrappy is, is in there as well so I don't know I feel like the movies play in reverse a little
0: bit. oh that's so that makes a lot more sense because basically in that way if mm-hmm. they were to have just like disbanded because like hey guys it's been such and such years like we wanted to like present this museum to you guys like oh thanks guys and then like that would have been good and then they've been doing it for a while it's like actually you know what i don't want to solve mysteries with any of you
1: when you combine the movies they work out really well
0: is there anything that you noticed this time around uh, that you didn't notice before
1: uh i guess the stuff that i didn't notice in this movie um the voodoo guy gets absolutely zero background he is just there to be of a, a suspect that is never looked into
0: yep and that
1: is strange to me that they would go out of their way to introduce that guy just to have a third suspect you
0: know? yeah well i want to say that um it's kind of like a janitor from scrub situation um yeah. that's a uh, miguel uh nunez jr I think he was the one who uh, originally auditioned and wanted to be uh, Mandavarius. Um But they were like, you know what? We like you so much. How about you can be this guy?
1: And like what bothers me about it is not so much the fact that he's, well, does he live on the island? Does, what's his role? Why is he there? I need to know more about this guy. He needs his own spinoff. And yep. I need to know what his life is about. Yeah, but why he had I, he had one of my the, the one of the most memorable lines that stuck with me to today, which is when he said, like, you're looking for clues? Here's a clue. Purple is a fall color. It's the middle of May <laughs>
0: <laughs> I teared up any scene, any like sentimental scene between Shaggy and Scooby. Like when everyone mm. quit, he's like, Oh no and Scooby said, Do I quit? It's like no mm. Scooby Friends don't quit. I'm just like Scooby. I'm, oh, I'm not ready for this. I'm not ready for this. <laughs> and then at the end, he's like, "Hey, bud, let's go out. Let's run like we always do." I'm like, "Uh, uh-uh, uh I'm not. No, now the movie. Don't you do this?" Because <laughs> like I thought that those scenes were really sweet and that they really mm-hmm. made that relationship, that friendship between Shaggy and Scooby, like really strong. Mm-hmm. I just no, I love it. I think Matthew Lillard was
1: the most dedicated... Not to say that everyone else was terrible, but I think he was the most dedicated actor in this movie because most of his scenes had to involve a, a, a talking animal that, he, that wasn't there. And yet he pulled it off just so well and so so much so that, you know, they continue to bring him back for, for the cartoons. Uh, I was watching an interview with him um, earlier this week and he was talking about how in those movies... He would have a loop of Casey Kasem, like just Casey Kasem's voices as as Shaggy, like a one hour um, loop that he would listen to every day before what? he went on set, just to try to get the tone, get the cadence, get everything like that. Um, and nowadays, he, you know, he's tried to evolve Shaggy into like his own kind of thing. Um, but that, I mean, you could, I feel like you can tell that dedication because everyone else. They, they were great, but I think he, he just – you could tell that he was really into it.
0: When I first watched this movie, I had never seen uh, Matthew Lillard in anything else. Oh, yeah. Um. I then, years later, saw him in Scream. Um, mm-hmm. Really completely changes the way I look at Shaggy, uh, yeah. <laughs> which is, um, I think, a perfect segue into one of my favorite segments, Headcanon! What?! We are just going to unveil some headcanon. You know, mm-hmm. kind of unmask some headcanon. That's Ooh, the like better it. thing. Like headcanon it. is a part of the show where we share with you unique ideas about the movie and untold stories based on evidence provided by the film. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I think the the segue I was wanting to go into is that um, Scream. like, So Scream... Is an alternate universe story of Shaggy if he uh, never met the Scooby Doo gang. Oh, he he, ne- he never he never uh, found Scooby, like mm-hmm. Scooby, uh, and then he never met the gang or anything else like mm-hmm. that. So that's that's the biggest piece of it
1: I love that because Scream is very much a, um, it's it's very much a critique of of horror films, and it's very much you know has that it it is almost like a more violent scooby-doo in a way where the killer is just a it's always just like a person in a mask and you have to figure out who and that's really cool that's great uh i i kind of that almost put me into a space where i i'm gonna try to workshop this head cannon as the words are coming out of my mouth so i can only imagine this will be flawless but (laughs) i like to imagine that we're everything in scooby-doo is from the perspective of scooby um <clears throat> that's why he can talk because in his eyes he's like communicating with them
0: oh my god but,
1: <laughs> but obviously they can't hear it um and yeah it's like we get this kind of idea and that could even just explain the weird uh timeline is dog's might, because of their shorter lives experience time differently and and you know so like they might see it as like oh you know the the 60s or 70s or whatever but it, you know, it's really just modern day and he's like, you know, whatever. I don't know. Like I said, it's all just coming out of my that's mouth. That's
0: solid, man. I yeah. really like that. Because that would explain so much of, like, why <laughs> Scooby and Shaggy just associate they just, like, go to food, like, immediately. Mm-hmm. Because, like, that's what a dog would want. It's like, yeah, we're in this building. Uh, where is food at? <laughs> I also
1: think you could even just not take it um, even, like, super duper literal. And you could say that A dog... So, like, obviously, wild dogs, they hunt for food. Same with, you know, like, any other domesticated animal previously in the wild, they would have hunted. And then at the end of doing some big exercise, some big, you know, exhausting thing, they would get a snack. And I think to justify it in Scooby's mind, the fact that he's, you know, in the real world, he could just be, like, doing whatever... And the owner and like Shaggy would give him a Scooby snack or whoever would give him a Scooby snack. But like in his mind, he must be doing something triumphant and he must be solving Mm. mysteries and he must be um, stopping bad guys because that's what the great reward of a Scooby snack usually comes with. Um, And uh, so like that's just more him interpreting interpreting the world around him as well if i'm getting fed all of these great treats then i must be doing something awesome and what better thing than you know solving mysteries wow or whatever you know
0: no that's really great i think i remember someone saying something similar about courage the cowardly dog
1: yes i actually really tried um a couple days ago to see if i could Make it so Courage and, and Scooby were the same dog, and it was just from a different perspective. Ooh. But I couldn't get that one to work. So, everyone else who's listening, figure out that headcanon.
0: Okay, I'm going to piggyback off of your headcanon and Uh-oh. say that Courage mm-hmm. is Scrappy's father.
1: What? That's awesome.
0: And then I'm he. A fan. Because, like, the way that we, in the Scrappy, the Scooby-Doo and Scrappy TV show, Scooby was just hanging out at a train station, like you do, and then off a train, hops off (laughs) Scrappy-Doo. It's almost like Scrappy came out of the middle of of nowhere. nowhere. That's
1: awesome. (laughs) cannon. That's fantastic. That's the best thing. Look, guys, if I've learned anything about cartoons, it's that if you have two characters that are very similar in personality, there's no way they can't be related, you know? Mm-hmm. So you have two cowardly dogs. They can't just exist. There's no such thing as two individuals who have similar personalities existing separate from one another. Not in fiction. Nope. Nope.
0: Not at all. Mm-mm. Uh, that would make sense. Like, why, like, Courage, who is afraid of everything... He would mm. tell you about his uncle. He's like, well, let me tell you about your uncle, Scooby. He's so brave. Mm. He solves all these mysteries.
1: Yes. <laughs> then he That's ships great. them off. That's fantastic.
0: All right. Now we're going to dive into our other segment called Recast and Remake. If this movie were to be remade today, mm. um, who would you cast and what would the subject matter be? So I've already discussed my difficulty in trying yeah. to do this. Yeah. But, if I were, I would honestly love to see probably a lot of SNL alums um, take on the roles. I think Jason oh, Sudeikis really? would be a really fun Freddy. He would be. Um, <laughs> I know he probably age-wise like, couldn't do it. Yeah. Um, But Bill Hader would be an amazing Shaggy to me. Oh, man. Oh, or at, wow. the very, <laughs> at the very least... <laughs> Just, um, just Scooby Doo, but like, but like Wilfred Scooby Doo, like he's just wearing a physical dog <laughs> suit.
1: <laughs> I love it. <laughs> oh, that's incredible! Like,
0: like no CGI, nothing, just wearing a, no. a real dog suit, and Bill Hager going like, Ro oh, no!" But like I want. <laughs>
1: I love that. Can I, if we have Bill Hader as Scooby, can I propose a different Shaggy? Sure. Charlie
0: Day. Oh, my gosh. He would be an amazing Shaggy. Done. (laughs) (laughs) Done and done.
1: That would be a lot of fun. Um, But, man, yeah, I don't know. My head was to go straight to aging them downwards to to how they were originally, where they were more so teenagers. Okay. Yeah. but I don't. This is my problem. I just don't know children actors. Like the, I'm trying to think of Daphne. The only redheaded younger um, actress I can think of is is the one person who ha- has red hair on Game of Thrones, and I don't even watch Game of Thrones. But she was in X Men as Jean Grey. And then,
0: oh yeah. Um, oh, she'd be good. You know, what? okay, so I'll I'll do two kind of casts. So let's just yeah. say it's like modern day, like because I yeah. think everyone in this role, like everyone here, is adults. I don't think they were playing teenagers in this movie. Um, so, yeah, the
1: whole thing was that they've been at it for a really, really, really long time.
0: Right. So, that cast, I would cast uh, Kate Micucci as Velma because she is currently Velma.
1: Currently Uh, Velma. I watched the very first, uh, my very first Scooby-Doo movie. They had one recently that just premiered about, it was like a western thing. And it was the very first time I heard Kate Micucci as Velma. And it was perfect. Yeah, she's
0: she's amazing. Mm -hmm. She's also Webby currently in DuckTales. um, DuckTales. Yeah. She's fantastic um but i think she would be do a great belma um love your charlie day as shaggy mm-hmm. uh, bill hater as scooby in the yep, suit <laughs> <laughs> um and That's then, my favorite part of this <laughs> oh my gosh and then i'd say for daphne um mm-hmm. i'm either gonna go with isla fisher
1: yeah
0: sure. um or I really think that Emma Stone would have a blast oh, as man. Daphne.
1: Oh, you're right; she would.
0: I think I just think that that would be a ton of fun.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: If they were to do it like a remake, which they probably would want to, uh, with yeah. like a younger cast, yes. Uh, Zondaya, I would love to see her as Daphne. Ooh, um, that's great. Like, I think that she would do an amazing job as Daphne. Mm-hmm. Um, Especially out of seeing her in Homecoming. Uh, yeah. Speaking of Homecoming, Tom Holland uh, yeah. want him as Shaggy. Really? I feel, like, I feel like he would do a great Shaggy. Uh, and I want to say for Velma, I would want um the, the actor who plays Eleven in Stranger Things.
1: Oh, yes. Yeah. Oh, her. I forgot her name.
0: You know, oh, yeah. Millie Bobby Brown.
1: That's the one. That's great.
0: And then I'm, I'm not sure about the other, about Fred.
1: About Fred. Fred's hard because he's just like a dude, you know?
0: You he know just, what? Let's go with season three Luke from Modern Family. I perfect. feel like that's a solid solid choice. Puts him time. at the right age, I think. Actually, no, maybe season eight Luke. Maybe he, he aged up.
1: You aged up. Can I suggest in this modern reboot thing, can I suggest a Scooby? And it would be... <laughs> It would be Andy Circus in a mocap suit, <laughs> doing an Oscar-worthy, s- worthy Scooby.
0: Yes, done and done. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> he uh.
1: loses himself in that role for sure. There's not a chance that he doesn't like try to eat dog snacks to be like, but what is it like to be a dog? that's what i think would wrap that would bring the whole that would be because like what's interesting about this movie and i don't know if it was this way in the credits because i didn't sit through the the credits of this movie but um at least on itunes when i was buying it the cast list lists scooby as as the cast like they're doing the muppets thing where they don't list the people they list the characters Mm -hmm. but i feel like if we were to reboot it um, having someone like Andy Serkis, that would be the draw of, of like, super intense, uh, you know, Oscar-worthy Scooby. Uh, yeah. For sure. And that would be incredible. I, I love
0: would it. love that so much. Uh, I think sto- subject matter-wise, I really think that they would probably just stick to, like, a, a big mystery. Like, I would, I would feel like they would make it almost – like, kid Sherlock, basically, mm-hmm. if they could. Like, they'd use technology more, and they'd ask around, they'd look for clues, and do things like that. And they would definitely try to serialize it for as long as they could.
1: Yes, I think what they would do... So, my problem with with the reboot is, I think Monsters Unleashed has one of the best ideas for a, a live-action Scooby. Which is, you know, again, the idea that they're bringing all of their classic villains onto screen. Almost... V- incredibly accurate uh, portrayals of these villains. Um, and it's like, but they're real this time. And I think that's, that's again, I'll let that slide for real monsters because I think that's just a really cool idea. But if they were to, again, serialize it, like you were saying, I would love a Mystery Incorporated uh, thing where in the Mystery Incorporated show, they had all of these little mysteries But behind it was one larger mystery.
0: Oh yeah, I
1: think that would be if they had like a like a a series of three movies or something like that. Heck, you know what? Let's make it a Netflix miniseries or something. You know what? I'm there for it. (laughs) Let's make it a Netflix miniseries where uh you know it's like eight episodes. There's gonna be like six or seven of them are are their own separate mysteries, and then like the last one or two episodes is like this big, grand mystery that. that was secretly behind it all. And they find little clues here and there, linking it all together. Um, just tell a really great mystery and then yeah. insert the Scooby gang. That's all. Like, that's it. There doesn't need to be anything fancy. Tell a Absolutely. good story.
0: I totally agree. I think that it would be a great series. And you made me think of it like, we've kind of gotten a great Scooby-Doo series. It's called Psych. It had eight seasons. Yes. They're coming out with the movie. That's right. Uh, it, it's so good because it it's a light-hearted procedural like crime show mm-hmm. but it it's fun and it it takes the characters like go through these or go to these great lengths to like try to find this mystery and solve mm-hmm. this mystery which is what scooby-doo did like like that's what the mystery gang did and I think mm-hmm. it would be fun to kind of see them actually be like an agency almost like where people yeah. like go to them and they actually like go out and they I think that you could, like, explore, like, what what kind of, like, life lesson problem are they trying to solve? But also, like, how does that also help them to solve this <laughs> mystery? Like, I think that that would be re- so fun to see.
1: Yes. And I don't need it to be a reboot that is taken very seriously. Either. Oh, no. Like, again, just make it, keep it lighthearted. But also, <laughs> I tweeted this out the other day as I was watching the new Western Scooby-Doo movie. Um Scooby Doo is like 50% genuinely really funny jokes and then 50% non jokes. Yeah. Things that are written as jokes, but it's not that they're not funny jokes. They're just not jokes. Like, uh, yeah. so, so <laughs> the example I gave was, um, you know, Fred being sexually attracted to traps. That is funny to me. I think that is great. But then they include a line where Shaggy says something like, We'll go talk to some eggs and see what we can bake in. And it's like, that's not a, what is, what? <laughs> that was also a terrible shaggy impression. I apologize. I wasn't even trying.
0: Oh, man. No, that's like, that's great. That's not yeah. a
1: joke. That's that's not a play on words or anything. That's just, you know, talk to some eggs, see what we can bacon. All right. All right. <laughs> But also, like, it goes back to all the, the, like, the fart contest in in this movie. I don't need that. That's never been a part of the show. So, like, know what your audience is. uh, Aim it for just wacky, goofy, whatever. But without being, you know, dumb. Mm -hmm. Totally. I feel like I'm being too negative. I just love Scooby-Doo so much, and I want to see it done right. That's all it is.
0: All right. Now we're going to go into our final segment. Uh, where we solve the mystery of hmm? the reasons to recommend this movie. Yeah. So, uh, Scott, why would you recommend uh, the Scooby-Doo
1: movie? You're making assumptions that I would recommend it. Um, <laughs> you're right. <laughs> <laughs> I'm kidding. No, look, uh, if you want to see this, the, the Mystery Inc. gang uh, acted out, portrayed by... Genuinely great actors who were perfectly cast for these roles, even if the parts they were given weren't the the best written things. Um, this is a great movie to just see the gang come to life because I do think that when they're all together, when they're doing their thing, everyone's great, um, given you know what they what they have. Uh, and yeah, I just think it's a it's a fun interesting it is kind of all over the place a little bit for me um but it's never dull i think it keeps moving forward it keeps pushing uh pushing to the next plot point and on and on um but yeah i would really just recommend it for the absolutely solid cast of this movie
0: that's great yeah i i I still legitimately love this movie. Uh, it's still it, maybe it's just the nostalgia, but it still like holds like such a dear place in my heart. Um, but like if you grew up watching Scooby Doo, there's just a lot to enjoy uh, in this movie because mm. not only like aging the characters up, but just like uh, aging the archetypes up um, mm. is just fun. Like they just have a lot of fun throughout this movie. Um, and I think, especially the relationship between Shaggy and Scooby, like, again, like I cried. I'm just like, <laughs> they yeah. love each other. <laughs> it's so beautiful. Uh, but yeah, I, I just think that it, it's a fun movie, especially if you're ever like a fan of Scooby-Doo. Cause like Scooby-Doo is like such a, it ran and has been on for so long that like, even if you've never seen an episode of Scooby-Doo, you've seen an episode of Scooby-Doo. Yeah. Uh, and its influence is just so great. And so seeing this movie um, and a lot of the inside jokes and homages to the original show is just mm. fun.
1: I would even recommend Monsters Unleashed if you're a big fan of Scooby-Doo because you get to see those classic monsters come to life uh, in live action. And it's really cool to see, like, the Creeper or Minor 49ers or people like that. Um actually put on film and they're really cool and really well done and brought to life in a way that just ah it's brilliant and i will forever love the sequel more than i love this movie even though i i was reminded of a lot of uh things that i totally forgot about (laughs) like i the the velma makeover scene in the second oh my gosh
0: she's wearing all leather
1: yeah yeah it's just and then guess what more fart jokes uh, yep. Happen after that as her as her suit squeaks a lot
0: because if it ain't broke, <laughs> don't fix it. Make yes. Velma do it. That's right.
1: <laughs> make everyone do it. It's the. It's amazing.
0: So that is our review of the 2002 live action Scooby Doo movie. Uh, let us know what you remember about Scooby Doo uh, the movie on Twitter. Uh, we are. At Flashback Flicks. And uh, please rate and review this podcast on Apple Podcasts on a scale of um, one to five Scooby snacks. How would you rate mm. this podcast? And leave us a review uh, telling us just your favorite Scooby Doo character.
1: Or, or if you have a really favorite ghost or monster, that's a cool oh, yeah. one, too. Yeah,
0: like your favorite reveal, like,
1: old man Smithers! Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, and thank you, Scott, so much for joining us. Uh, where can people find you on the internet?
1: Yeah, you can find me um, on my personal Twitter, which is just at Uh, It's very hard to find because I have many fake accounts of me. I don't have many fake accounts. There just are many fake accounts of me. It's very difficult Um, If you're watching this during Halloween, then my handle is RL Scott, but with a pumpkin as an O. It's extra spooky. Uh, And then you can, of course, find me on NerdSync everywhere if you want actual things that I do on the internet and not just random rants about Scooby-Doo every couple days.
0: (laughs) And do you have a Scooby-Doo video coming up?
1: Yes, actually. Uh, In the next couple weeks, I'm going to be talking about uh, why Scooby-Doo is vegetarian sometimes in some portrayals and it has to do a lot with uh with the late great casey Kasem and that whole the history of of that so yeah it's a fun it's gonna be a fun video hopefully
0: that sounds awesome so yes definitely follow scott on all the places he's a good time and uh we always enjoy having you so thanks again
1: yeah thanks so much for having me i love doing these
0: and be sure to tune in next time right here on the flashback flicks retro movie podcast until next time remember to be kind and rewind